All right, Dave. Thank goodness I was getting concerned for a second. All right, Q's Nation, your boy Dean Francis back with another Spaces. Now joined with a couple good friends of mine. Uh, we heard uh, my guy Dave Miller um, drop, uh, you know, his take on what took place at the Orange tip-off at the Dome last week. And, um, you know, uh, he was able, along with his daughter Amanda, uh, they attended the uh, Monroe tip-off. I mean, the Monroe Mar Madness that took place on Saturday. So I, I wanted um, them to come on and just uh, talk about, recap the whole event. And, um, you know, uh, Dave would expand on what, you know, he saw from last week to this week. And then we get, um, you know, some fresh takes from Amanda. So I just uh, hit both of you guys with, um, uh, let me see. Let me get Amanda up on. Let me see. Because I gave her a co-host. Invite, but Amanda, you on? Let me see. Oh, no, let me see. Hey, Amanda, you there? Yeah. All right, yeah. Let me... Okay, you're good. All right. Dave, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I sent um, co host invites to both of you guys. So, um, you know, glad to have you on. So, yeah, so, um, Dave, so like this week, because, you know, since we heard from you last week and, you know, Amanda's going to have her fresh takes before she saw. But before, um, you know, we roll with that, because what, what I'm going to do is just um, throw a player player out there. Then Amanda will go first and then you will reply. But what I wanted to start with was just um, your take on was there anything different between the two events since you was able to go last week and then this week, or was it just kind of like the same, same old, same old? Um, so from the, uh, the, the other events, the three point shooting and stuff, that was all the same, except they had different guys. They had some different guys shoot. Um, other than that, it was the same as far as the scrimmage goes. Um, the offensive sets, for both the orange and the blue were different where last Friday, a week ago, Friday, they did a lot of um, high screen and roll offensive sets. Both teams did this week. They didn't do that. They did more of um, a, a, you know, kind of a weave motion offense, which was, I think as structured as it's going to be for a pickup scrimmage. Um, but there was not a lot of high screen and rolls. So, Last week when I said I was worried about the defense from a screen and roll standpoint, I, I didn't really see that this time because they weren't doing it. Um, so what I saw this week was that um, some of the guys, if they were not in the screen and roll, they played better on ball defense. Like I was very surprised at, um, at Chris Bell who, you know, he stayed in front of his guy pretty well this week compared to last week. Um, so I think that was probably the biggest change that I saw from an overall standpoint. Um, the other thing I noticed, and, and I might have just missed it last week, was um, they have a couple of new inbound sets and that look totally different. They do they don't do that three man on the you know on the um, false shooting line and just run a guy off a screen. It's it's a lot different, and I couldn't really tell what they were doing, but it was different. Um, one thing I really liked was I saw. One play was not a bounce play, um, kind of from in between the baseline and half court on the coach's sideline. And Red was yelling at Benny 
to do something because Benny was on the opposite side of the court. So he was yelling at Benny saying, come here, get over here, get over here. And someone gave him a back screen and Benny freed up the inbounds passer, dumped it to him. He had a wide open dunk. So I really like that from red in terms of his, you know, I, you know, I'm not sure if that was the play they were trying to run and he was just reminding Benny or if he saw a mismatch that Benny could take advantage of with the back screen. Um, so that's something I noticed. I, I think I was paying more attention this time to how Red was coaching. And he's definitely, you know, he's definitely instructing them on the court, you know, kind of not play by play, but, you know, out of bounds play, he's moving guys around. He's telling them where to be and where to go. Um, so, you know, from a high level, that that's those are the kind of the big things I noticed. Okay, cool. Um, so Amanda, I'm gonna ask you this because this was um something I asked um Dave last week, and just uh, cause all obviously all we have known as Syracuse basketball fans is Jim Beheim, right? So as I asked Dave last week, how weird was it not seeing him there anymore and seeing somebody else coaching the team and everything like that? How was it for you? What was your experience like, you know, um, watching the team for the first time heading into the season? You're not seeing James Arthur Bayham on the sidelines. <laughs> it was definitely weird. It's, you know, it's all I've ever known my whole life. Um, but it was refreshing. Also, Red was very active. You know, I mean, Bayheim could be active, but stuff like this, he wasn't as active. So he was up, seemed engaged with the guys. They just all seemed a little bit looser. Now, Beheim didn't always get on them and things like this, but they just seemed comfortable, which was nice. It was definitely refreshing. And all the coaches were up coaching during the scrimmage. They were all very engaged, which was a nice nice to see compared to the last couple of years. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, so right before um, things had started at that event, we had some bad news. What else is new, right? So we had the Chance Westry injury news that came out. And then... um. Judah didn't play, and apparently, you know, he's a little dinged up, but not too serious, according to Red. And um, Peter Carey still hasn't returned. So we're not going to get too deep into those three guys because, obviously, they didn't play. But um, what what was the initial reaction with you guys when the Chance Westry News came out and Judah and all that stuff? Was it like, oh, boy, here we go again, or confusion? Like, what, what was it like? Um, Amanda, you could go first, and then Dave, you could chime in after. Oh, yeah, Chance was definitely that. Here we go again. I mean, not a total surprise because he's coming off of injury, but it sounded like he looked great last weekend. So it was just a bummer, especially not knowing how long he's going to be out for. And definitely could be a couple weeks. Hopefully it's just a month or so, or it could be the season. Um, yeah, Judah was more puzzling because we didn't know what happened, just that he was out on there and he was in um, his uniform and everything, but just didn't play in the scrimmage. So it's nice to hear it's nothing too serious for him. But it is a bummer about Chance. Hopefully he's able to come back some point this season just for his all his hard work also. Yeah, and I, I saw, um, you know, when I uh, – so we, we got we went to the autograph signing session beforehand and all the coaches were there and the men's and women's teams were there. So um, I, I was going by the table. I just said to Chance, I said, hey, are you okay? You're gonna, are you going to be back? He goes, he goes, yeah, I'm good. I'll be back. And then I went up and talked to Red – and I said, hey, is this Chance? And Red's going to give me, you know, the corporate line, which is okay. I totally expect that because he doesn't know me. So, you know, he, so I just said, I said, 
you know, hey, Red, great to have you. I'm really excited about the season and, and having you coach. And um, but please tell me Chance is going to be okay. <laughs> he goes, he goes, yeah, yeah, I promise you, he's good. He'll he'll be he'll be back. He's good. So, I you know, he didn't hesitate, which made me feel good. Um, it again, I don't know if he's just he's just a you know a very polished person in terms of doing that and dealing with strangers coming up to him. But, you know, it made me feel a little bit comfortable with the fact that, gosh, it's not a season engine ending thing and and um, and that. And as Amanda said, Judah was that was odd because, Amanda, he was out shooting right in warm ups. Yeah, he was shooting. Well, he didn't warm up for the scrimmage, but he was on the court before when they were out there warming. Yeah. Up. So he, and he was yeah, and he was shooting. But then right when they. um started getting ready for the scrimmage. He just sat down and started dribbling the ball between his legs. And then he never came out. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just glad that apparently it's nothing too severe or serious to worry about because, you know, chance that was one thing, but you know, with, with Judah, if anything happens with him and then knowing with JJ, you know, he's coming off a couple of surgeries. So like, please. My heart can only take so much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. That's why when that happened, we looked at each other and said, oh boy, what's going on with Judah? Um, but um, well, interestingly, though, we were, when Chance came out, he walked fine. He wasn't in a boot. He wasn't in on crutches. There was no knee brace that I could see. He just had regular sweats on and there was nothing underneath I could tell. You know, he walked out fine. It didn't look like he had a limp to me. And he, he took the ball and he, he just shot it, obviously a set shot. And then he got a couple rebounds for guys. And then he just walked over and sat at the bench. So, you know, it, it's, I don't know what's going on with him. You know, who knows? Yeah. Yep. So, um, all right, guys. So, getting right into it. So, there's a player with Chance's um, situation and him being sidelined. There's a guy that I've been talking about on the pods recently that, <laughs> hey, this is his opportunity to step up. And his name been buzzing a lot, Quadir Copeland. So, Amanda, how, how, how did he look when you saw him for the first time coming into this season? And, Dave, from what you saw last week to this week, you can elaborate more on that when Amanda wraps up. Yeah, he looked good. His shot, especially in warm-ups, his shot looked better. He had more arc on it. It looked smoother than last year. His first couple shots in the scrimmage were a little clunky, and then he kind of settled in. He made one or two threes. Um, I think he went maybe two for five in the scrimmage. So his shot looked good. And he same thing, he got into the lane any at will, anytime he could. Um, he has such great vision. His passing looked good. You know, sometimes he can be a little out of control with passing, but I'd rather have that. He looked um, he looked good. I think he'll slide. I think he's probably going to force Red's hand and slide right into, I mean, kind of play him one through three, which is nice to have that flexibility. His defense was great, of course, and um, with his size passing, getting into lane, he finished well. So it was nice, nice to see. I think he'll have a good season, hopefully. Yeah, I agree with, with that, Amanda. Um and his size does help because he did he did get a few rebounds also, which was nice. He he's just an aggressive player, which is good. Um, and like she said, he was so I actually wrote this down in my notes. He was 0 for two in the first half. He was actually technically 0 for three, but from three point land. But the third shot he took was there was it was it was at the end of the first half. There was 
no time on the clock, and he kind of just heaved it up from 35. Um, but in the second half, he took two threes and swished them both. So, like she said, I think he was settling into his three. It does look better. Um, again, if I hope that really translates into league play, um, just because everything gets sped up even more during that, which tends to affect guys' shots. Um, but but I think, again, I kind of like you said on the pod, Dean, you know, if someone can be in the mid-30s, it's just enough of a threat to to have people respect them. If he can get to that, which I think his shot looks good enough to right now, um, that would help us immensely um, because that would take the pressure off of uh, Taylor and Bell for having to knock down threes. Um, because I'm, I don't mean to jump ahead, but JT, he he's still struggling from three. I don't think he made one. Um, he's doing great in the three-point shooting contests, but when we get to the game, he's just not making them. So, um yeah, so I, I have high hopes for Quadera. I, I really think, I think he can be an an impact player for us if he continues. Okay, that sounds great. So, um, apparently, from what I read, uh, Quadera and um, JJ they were backcourt baits and stuff. So, how how did um JJ look to you in um first impressions, Amanda? And um, you know, Dave, I know you had like what you saw last week, so you know you could elaborate more um after Amanda. JJ looked awesome. He's such a typical Syracuse guard. It's so nice to have a backcourt of him and Judah. I can't wait compared to what we've had the last couple of years. Just his speed. I mean, he got into the lane and he at will with ease. He had a couple pull-up jump shots right from the elbow. Um, kind of like we saw with Judah all last year. He, I think he took one three. His shot looked fine. Even in warmups, his shot looked good. Um, I think he'll hopefully be a bit bigger threat than we originally thought which would be nice but he finished well passing looked good he's the he's the whole package he looked it's going to be fun with him and judah i can't wait it's going to be what we've grown so used to for so many years with syracuse it's i think it's going to be back to that which will be nice and he looked fine coming off of all of his injuries he didn't look hurt okay yeah 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 because before we got to get to dave because you know we were chatting about this um you know, uh, what was it like after the event and stuff? Because um, when I went off about the whole Rothstein, you know, <laughs> excluding them yeah. out of the top transfers, and then that one reply that you know that guy that you know I had showed you that was saying, oh, you know, Rothstein knows about his injury and stuff. And shout out to my guy Vince, who's you know listening right now. And Vince had replied to him, and then you know, cause I was like worried. You know, I was asking people, you know, behind the scenes, like, hey, did he suffer? <laughs> a new injury or something like that. Like, what is this guy talking about? And, like, nobody knew anything about that because they were saying, you know, J.D.'s been practicing, he's fine, and he's, like, one of the best players and stuff. So, but it was just something from the Notre Dame time that this guy, you know, I guess he, you know, his own opinion that, you know, J.J., you know, his shot is awful and this and that or whatever. So it's good to know that, you know, you guys have seen him in person are saying that, you know, his shot looks fine. It's not like a weird hitch or anything like that. So we'll we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, he looked fine. He didn't have anything on his shoulder or anything. He had a bandage, it looked like, on his forearm. Other than that, he he looked fine, which was great to see. Okay, great to see you. Um, and if I, to add to that, um, yeah, the, the, the thing that he had on his uh, hand, his, his wrist and his thumb last week, that was gone, so that's good. So it probably was just a jam. Um, Amanda, I did have on here in my notes that Ju- uh, JJ hit a nice three. So in the second half, um, he, he made a nice three point shot. So I think, you know, that kind of speaks to, he seems fine. Um, 
the only thing that was interesting was that again, as we were going through the line and Kadir um, was sitting next to JJ and I didn't even recognize JJ. So I, I saw Kadir and I recognized him and I said, Hey, can you dunk? I was just joking around and he'll start laughing. He goes, yeah, I think I can. And then JJ said, yeah, I can. And Amanda interpreted this differently. She, and, and he said something like, yeah, but my legs are sore or something like that. So Dean, I thought of you because, You've been talking about how hard they're playing in practice. Um, the fact that he said that, at first I got worried. I'm like, oh, it hurt, you know? But no, I think it sounded like he was sore. Because um, then when he went on the court, I mean, he's fast. Um, and we got to sit a lot closer because there's not that many people in Rochester. But, um, I mean, he, he is, he's at a different, you know, he has a different gear than the other guys. So he's really, really fast. And he's just, he's a big, he's a big guy. You know, just his shoulders are broad. You know, he's got, you know, good, you know, his, his legs are big. He just, he's just a big person. So um, to see that with his speed is really impressive. Um, and Vince, I have to give you a lot of credit. I don't know how you got that information from that guy, but that's really good. Yeah, because yeah, the guy, um, the, the, he had, because the tweet when I was going after Rothstein and stuff, like the guy had replied to me. So I think Vince had saw that and Vince, you know, asked the dude, like, you must be talking about chance or something like that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he's the one dealing with the injuries. And then the guy was like, oh no, um, he had shoulder surgery and his shot is terrible now. And I wouldn't expect much from him this season. And it's kind of like, I don't know if this guy has been paying attention, but like JJ's been the talk of the off season, how good he's looked and stuff. So, you know, so when he brought that up, I thought it was something before he re replied to Vince, when he talked about the injury, I was thinking like, okay, Rothstein went to Syracuse practice a few weeks ago. Right. So I don't know if something had happened and, you know, like they kept it on the low, low or whatever. And we just didn't know publicly about it. So I was kind of like concerned. So I was like starting to fish around and ask people like, you know, did something happen? Because it's strange that if he suffered another injury and it was something serious or whatever, why would he be playing in the scrimmage last week that you was at? Right. Like the timing didn't just the timing didn't make sense. So, you know, I'm, I'm just glad to know that it's just like one person's observation from you know, JJ's time at Notre Dame and it's nothing to worry about moving forward. So, but you know, good, good, good on Vince for, you know, getting that information out of him. And, um, let me get Vince on cause Vince, uh, I guess he has some more to add. So let me see what Vince has to say before we get into the other, the other players. Yeah. Vince, yeah, what's I, I up? just wanted to chime in and say that, uh, yeah, I mean, with, with, uh, with JJ, there was a video released. Um, I want to say like two weeks ago where, it did look like he, it was one shot that he took very awkwardly. It looked like he almost had a, like a hitch in his shot, but I think it was just kind of like he was hesitating or maybe he didn't have control of the ball. And people were kind of speculating that it was because he was not, you know, post-injury, he's developed a hitch. I think he just like lost control of, I just don't think he had a good grip on the ball and it created this weird looking motion in one of the videos. So I think that maybe that was part of the reason why that guy was going off about him being hurt or something was going on because of that one video that was released. I, I don't remember where it was. I think it was just, you know, maybe it was on Syracuse.com, uh, you know, like Donna or one of them released this video of, from practice. But I, I don't think it's anything to worry about. Okay. All right. Thanks for that, Vince. 
right. Hey, Toast and, and Pat, like I see y'all. Let me let me get through some of these evaluations from from Amanda and Dave, and then I get to you guys after. So just just hold on for a bit. So um, since we're on the guards, uh, Amanda, what was your take? First impressions on um Kyle Cuff Jr. Yeah, he was he's he was good. I mean, we figured he'd be solid. He was good enough to be recruited by Kansas. He's definitely shorter, um, but very good defense. He seems really comfortable, obviously, coming from Kansas, playing man-to-man. Seems like a good game manager type, always made the right pass. His shot looked really good. So I think he'll, especially because we're going to need one or two guys that can shoot, especially with how Jude and JJ can get into the lane, he may carve out a role for himself there. His shot his shot looks smooth. So um, I don't know how much he'll play, like we've been saying, but He's great guard depth to have, especially with Chance going down already. So we're we're lucky to have depth like that. Yeah, he um to add to that, he again in the in the three point shooting contest, he was nine of fifteen. Shot looked good. So no no change from last last time I saw him. I think he's a really good multi year player for us that could really develop into a very strong contributing point guard. Um, and like Amanda said, if, you know, chance, I, I viewed him based on last week when I saw him, he was, he could play point guard today for us. Um, he goes down, at least you have cuff back there who I think is certainly good enough to play. Um, so I, you know, I think I, I like the kid, you know, I think he's got a lot of potential. Okay. So yeah. Um, you guys view him as like a pure one or you think he's more like a combo? Go ahead, Amanda. He he played the one. He seemed like he's probably more of a one, um, but he was definitely comfortable getting into the lane also looking for his shot. But um, his passing seemed like a one, like he's played point for a long time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I've given his size and his, you know, ball handling ability and passing. I, I, view, I just thought he would be a pure one. Okay, that's great because, um, you know, with Chance's injury, we're going to need all the – ball handling depth that we, 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 we can um get. You know, uh we know Cardair can play make and it's good to hear that Cuff, you know, he's i guess he might be a um a pleasant surprise, you know, whether, you know, we see a lot from him this season, but for the future it seems like from, you know, what you've been saying from last week to this week, Dave, and from what you, you've seen so far, man, it seemed like um, Cuff, you know, I know when he first committed, a lot of people weren't too excited because obviously he didn't play much or, you know, at all at, at Kansas due to red shirt and the injuries and such. But, you know, I think you said something that makes a lot of sense in the beginning, Amanda. If he's good enough to be recruited and play at Kansas, and obviously he, his red shirt year was when they won the championship. So he was in those practices going up against those guys, those guards and everything like that. So he's at least bringing some kind of pedigree to you know championship pedigree to Syracuse and stuff so it seems like he could be one that you know maybe not off you know the top when he first committed that people were excited about or thought much of but he, he could be like a diamond in the rough yeah and you know the other thing too when when we were again we were talk, I, I talked to him and I, I asked him are you are you happy to you know be back here and because he's from New York City are you happy to be back and you miss Kansas he goes oh I'm really really happy to be back. So who knows, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a 19 year old kid, he, you know, Kansas would be, it might be, it might've been a tough go for him to go out there. And he seemed really happy to be back in Syracuse, not back in Syracuse, but 
in Syracuse, maybe closer to family. So there may have been a psychological thing going on too, which we all know is really, really important for these guys. Um, so, you know, maybe he'll play better than he did at Kansas because of that. Okay. Good to know. So I'm um, transitioning now to the, the forwards. So, um, uh, Dave, you had mentioned a little bit about Chris Bell, <laughs> that he actually rebounded and played some good defense. So, um, Amanda, what, what was your thoughts uh, checking out Chris Bell? Yeah, I was probably the most surprised by him. He was – because I know last week it seemed like he seemed pretty much like he was last year. But he was pretty active on defense. He moved. He kept his guy in front of him. And he seemed more engaged on offense, too. He wasn't just kind of hanging out in the corner waiting – for a kick out, a spot up three. He got into the lane a couple times, looked for a pull up or looked to kick it. So he just seemed more engaged. He wasn't really just kind of floating around like he was last year. I don't know if it was the sets they were running. They were definitely doing more of a weave and just dribble, drive and kick. But um, he seemed more comfortable. He And his shot in the three-point contest looked good, um, like we'd expect with no defense. So he was. I was surprised. Obviously, we don't know how that will translate especially with how he was last year. But hopefully, hopefully he steps up because we need wings to step up. How, how does he look um, body type-wise? Like, has he gotten any stronger or still the same as last year? He looked a little more defined. Um, he's not huge by any means, but he looked definitely looks a little more defined through his arms, like he's put on a little bit of muscle. Okay, cool. All right, Dave. Yeah, um, so, yeah, I – he definitely looked to drive more this week than last week to Amanda's point. He didn't just sit in the corner and that may have been a function of the offense because they didn't run the pick and roll. It was more of a weave motion offense. And so I think that just got him moving more. And so when he would catch, when he would do the, he would get the handoff on the weave, he would actually look to attack the paint. And he did that a couple of times, which was good. Um, so maybe that's an offense that's a little more suited to him versus kind of just, floating and hanging in the corner um but and and he was there was one sequence where he was on the ball playing defense and he actually slid his feet well left to right and he kept the guy in front of him so that's something that i hadn't seen from him before so that was good um i don't remember him getting a rebound again so but i don't know if that's because benny tends to get a lot of the rebounds um uh for them and then they also had did they have mcleod on their team amanda i don't remember if I he, think so. Yeah, I think they did. They had him on their team, and he was really getting a lot of rebounds. So, um, but yeah, it was one of the better. You know, again, everything's with a with an asterisk here. This is an inner squad scrimmage, so who the heck knows what's going to happen? But um, he he at least looked more active, which which was a good thing, and he showed some skills that I hadn't seen from him before. Okay, and the act of Chris Bell is news to my ears. So. It is. <laughs> <That's great to laughs> know. I know. Yep. No, I was surprised. It was nice. Uh, nice. Amanda, you said that you said that to me in the middle ago. You said something like, Wow, Bell looks he looks like he's better and he's more active. And I'm like, Yeah, this was a different guy than last week. Yeah, he was sliding, help defense. He was it didn't stick out him being not active. If you had right. no history of it, you wouldn't have pointed it out and been like wow yeah so speaking of bell because you know last week they were talking about the competition that might go on throughout the season with bell and and justin taylor right like those guys kind of having similar skill sets and everything so how did uh justin taylor look this week 
Um, Amanda, I'll let you go first. He shot well in the three-point um, contest like we'd expect. He was pretty quiet in the scrimmage. I think he maybe took one three. He didn't really seem to get the ball a lot. I don't know if the offense they were running, you know, he was used to last year just kind of hanging out also in the corner spot up and taking a kick out three. But he really didn't do much. He just was kind of there during the scrimmage. You wouldn't have even really noticed he was on the court for a lot of the time. Um, his defense looked okay. Nothing stood out as alarming or anything. But offensively, he just kind of floated. He didn't seem like he was super comfortable and more of a dribble drive, free-flowing offense they were trying to run. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, if if you didn't, if you weren't specifically looking for him, you would have forgotten he was on the court because he didn't really do anything um, that's noteworthy. Um, he, you know, again in the three point shooting contest, I think he hit ten, but in the in the scrimmage, he, I don't think he scored. He definitely didn't hit a three, um, and he did take one or two, um, but yeah, he just um, right now if. If you're choosing between those two guys, if the Chris Bell that played on Saturday was the guy you always got, you would definitely pick him at this point. Um, but, you know, it's game to game and week to week, so who knows? Um, I, I still think that's one of those two guys. Just They're going to have to figure out how to be productive. Um, you know, that's going to be really important for us. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm gonna we're gonna revisit this after the first two um exhibition games and stuff because obviously that's when the action will be um a lot more serious and I'm hoping I haven't done my research on these two um D two teams that we're gonna play, but I hope it's something similar to what um they have done the past few seasons where they scheduled like top twenty five D two teams that can like test us and stuff. I mean I know I see my guy, Tony Toast, he hates those games because he's afraid. Every year it's LeMoyne, like we're going to lose to a D2 team. But I actually think <laughs> it, that's a good thing to test these guys before the season start, you know what I mean? <laughs> Instead of just, you don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't learn anything blowing out, you know, a, a couple of cup, cupcake D2 teams, 110 to 55, you know what I mean? Like I, I think you can learn something, especially for a new coach as Red, if these games are close and obviously we get the dub and he can kind of have a, uh, a a sample of how he's going to tinker around with the rotation and stuff. So these after when these next two exhibition games go by, we're going to have a discussion about, okay, going into the season, who we think will win that battle, who's going to get the most run between Bell and Taylor. Cause I really still feel, and I'm sure you guys feel the same, that it's probably going to come down to those two, um, you know, who is going to have the long leash and stuff like that. Because I think the other four spots, like obviously you have um, Malik Brown and you have um, Benny and Copeland, you know, he, he can play the guard, but we you know he's kind of, I guess, naturally a forward. So Red is not going to play like 10, 11 guys. Like that's not going to happen. Even with Chance being hurt, you know, uh, it's still, it's still going to be an eight, I guess an eight man rotation when it comes down to it, or maybe eight and a half, ninth man. So, that that's the spot that I'm looking forward to seeing how it works out, and hopefully Taylor can step it up as time goes along because he's somebody that I haven't really given up on. But if he's gonna pull no shows and just stand in the corner and wait till his turn of getting a three point shot, I don't know. Like that that doesn't bode well for his chances because I think Red likes activity. Like he's been preaching motor and hustle and 
you know, so. Yeah, I would have I would have liked to see him attack the boards just more because like Amanda said, he wasn't really in the flow of the offense much. But if you're not doing that, the one thing you can always do is just rebound. And he's a big guy. You know, we like I said, we were up closer. So it was kind of neat because I usually don't get to see him that close. And he he's a, he's a big, big kid. And um, he could go in there and bang. And when you're not getting the ball, you're not contributing offensively. The one thing you can do is always if that size is going in, just push some people around rebounding. He didn't do that. So I was kind of like, ah, JT, get in there and mix it up, you know? Um, yeah. So I hope he does that. Yeah, we'll we'll see because we know that's something that uh, Chris Bell struggles with, right? Like mixing right. it up. That's not his forte, so that's why I was kind of hoping that Taylor he would kind of take those reins where he would look at it like, okay, if his shot is not falling physically, we see even even as a freshman he looked apart, like he was built like a tight end. So yeah, it's like get in there and you know f- create your own offense, right? Like don't just stand in a corner and wait for threes. And you know I'm hoping. You know, maybe the the, the 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 light switch turns on moving forward, and he he gets after it. You know, like like we're saying, disclaimer is just scrimmages, so you know, don't get too high, don't get too low. But you know, these are just observations, right? So right, we'll see how it plays out. So um, move into the next player. So uh, Amanda, what you doing about Benny Williams? He looked okay. Um, he was pretty quiet the first half of the scrimmage. He got a rebound or two, but. Again, it was so guard-dominant also that it's hard to really put a lot of stock into it. And then Red freed him up on that one inbounds play, and then he was a little more active. Um, he was solid. I, it'll be interesting to see this year if he makes that jump we're hoping. His shot looked a little better during warm-ups, um, a little smoother, a little more, a little less flat. Um, so I think he's going to have to find his role also with J.J., Judah, Copeland, these more ball-dominant guards that can get in the lane. So hopefully um, he's able to do that. But not too, nothing too amazing, but nothing too concerning either. Yeah, I'm, I'm she, yeah, Amanda, you're spot on. The first half, he, he was non-existent. That, that's what I wrote down. The second half, he looked better, but I'm, I'm still worried um, about Benny. I just, I just hope he does well, but I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know if he knows what his role is still. Um, and that, that at this point, if it's two coaches, that's on him, right? He's got to, he's got to understand what he needs to do. Um, so, you know, is he, is he, is he trying to be a big shooting small forward, or is he, you know, trying to be a, a, a four? I don't know, really know, and I don't think he knows. Um, so I think that's something we have to keep our eyes on. Is is Benny going to make that jump? Because if he doesn't, the one thing about Quadir is that he gets statistics, right? He gets rebounds. He makes passes. He can handle the ball. He actually now, he looks a little more comfortable shooting the three. I'm not saying he's going to shoot 38%, but I could see him shooting 30% um, or 33%. Um, and then with the ability to drive, that gives him multiple options. So I think if Benny doesn't produce, I could th- see Quadir taking some of his minutes. Um, and that's going to be a tough decision for Red. But, um, I, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, my, my jury is still out on Benny. It just is. I would expect him in an inner squad scrimmage to really kind of demand the ball and say, screw this, man. I'm taking to the post and I'm, I'm making a move. Um, just because 
you know, it's not like he's going up against somebody from Virginia who's just a lockdown defender. You know, he's going through, it's an inner, inner squad one. Um, so. Yeah, that's, uh, it's a little bit concerning because I know Benny's one of those guys that, you know, the coaching staff is really counting on stepping up and finally t- tapping into that potential that we all, you know, thought he had coming out of high school as, you know, like a five-star recruit and stuff. And, you know, a lot of us on the outside looking in kind of felt like it was his, the disappointment in him wasn't part of like a confidence issue with JB just always, you know, being on his ass and stuff. And that maybe this transition with Fred, who's going to be much more positive and supportive of him, that would, you know, bring some more consistency. But it, it seems like hearing from you guys so far, it's like kind of like the same dude where we might see some highs, but then there's going to be some lows. Like the consistency just isn't going to be there. Am, am I am I reading I, you guys right? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. What'd you say, Amanda? I agree. Yeah, I, I do too. And again, maybe it's like Amanda said, you know, it's a scrimmage. And so it tends to be really guard oriented, but, Again, for a junior, you know, heck, man, if I'm, you know, if I'm him, and look, I, I got this other person on me, Quadir or somebody or, or whatever, I can take him in the post because he can leap over everybody. I mean, he just, in the dunk contest, he just, the, the, the guy just flies. And so he's so athletic, and I just like to see him use that more. And um, so, yeah, I think uh, we need him. You know, we need him to just mentally get there because I think it's mental at this point. Okay, yeah, hopefully they can, Red and, and, and the coaching staff can, you know, get that in order with Benny because we're going to need him. You know what I'm saying? We're going to need him for sure to finally tap into that 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 potential and, and, and become the player that, you know, we all were hoping he would become coming out of yeah. high school. But, um, <laughs> hey, look, I just got an update. Shout out to you, Ian. He just hit me that the team, the D two team that we're playing on Friday, um, they uh, was it Damon College? They have the Shumper brothers, so that's Preston Shumper's um, <laughs> son. So that's oh, that's funny. That's quite interesting, you know. Because remember, Dave, Amanda, I don't know if y'all remember a few years ago we played John Wallace's son. Oh yeah, was on the D two team, and I think they gave us a game for a little bit. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he, I think he had a good game and stuff like that. So yeah, this yeah, this is kind of <laughs> funny. So. Thanks, um, Ian, for that 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 little note. So that that makes uh, Friday's um exhibition game a, a a little intriguing there. So um, let me see. So yeah, so rounding out the forwards now. So Amanda, I know you heard um the recap with um your pops last week, and there was one player he was really really gushing about, Malik Brown. So um, do you share your father's excitement of what you saw on Saturday, or do we have to um? Take a, a, the quote from Aaron Rodgers and um, Q's Nation should just R-E-L-A-X, relax. <laughs> <laughs> he looked good. I think he's going to force Red's hand. Um, he looked good. He does everything like we saw last year. Rebounds, he just goes and gets the ball. He had a couple great passes. His defense, is, his defense will be great. I think he's going he's gonna to force his way into the court, hopefully, on the other side, we get a forward who can spread the court a little bit so that he can kind of navigate around the lane and we don't, you know, just crowd the lane all day. But he's he can play the four. He can play the five. He's going to be um, – I think he's going to play a good amount. He's And he looked a little bigger, which was nice. So we'll have no problem banging down low if he has to play the five. 
Yeah. And, you know, I haven't, he, he looked the same this week as last week. Um, I think the one thing that he may struggle with, well, besides the big guys, the Baycats of the world, right? We all know that's just a little bit of an unfair comparison. But um, I, I was thinking about this during the scrimmage. The one thing that I really wish he'd learned to do is, and I'm sure he practices it, but so maybe it's a confidence thing, is just him getting the ball in the post and then actually making a move on his own. Because right now he's just, he's that quintessential kind of pickup guy, garbage player where he'll always get the, he'll, he'll get the rebound. He'll put it back up. He'll dive to the rim and get an alley-oop, but he won't make a play for himself. And I noticed that again in the scrimmage, he just, he hesitates when he gets the ball to actually look to score by himself. So I think that's what we Well, we saw that last year. And I think that's why people started getting down on him. Um, so that's an aspect of his game that, I, I, I hope we see develop over time. But I think from an overall standpoint, if you have other guys around him that can score, he's going to be that guy that does everything else. You know, he can he can guard a guard. He can guard a guy that's 6'10 um, and everybody in between. So, um, and he does. He rebounds, he passes. He um, had something here. Yeah, his defense still looked really good. Again, his quickness is good. So, yeah, I, I just like Amanda said, he's he's gonna force playing time for himself. Okay, great, great. So no, so Dave, um, he you still haven't seen him take like a, a long perimeter jumper yet, right? No, he doesn't look for it in the game. Oh man, in, in practice <laughs> he did. You know, in practice, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he, he looks <laughs> confident shooting it in practice. So I don't know what's going on in the games. Like you would think Red would give him the green light to at least take a couple if he's left wide open. I know. Even even a fifteen footer, he won't even take that. That's what I'm saying. This 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 there's something holding him back about when he gets the ball, making his own move, just OE as opposed to just always sitting there and you know doing the offensive rebound or diving to the basket and having someone else feed him the ball. He just doesn't look to make his own move to score, and that's what I'd really like to see him do. Yeah, well, hopefully that's something. Page and Page and Alan Griffin. Hopefully that's something he can get out of them to, you know, uh, to, uh shoot, shoot, shoot that that mid range shot, baby steps, right? So do the right. mid range first, and then you know if he could expand a little further, more that 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 would be great. But <laughs> so far, it's it's just um, I, I wish um. You know, he had that confidence, like you're saying, because I, I've seen those, like, highlight clips with him in practice, and he shoots it with confidence. And I'm like, okay, like, where is this during the game? Like, nobody is saying, you know, go out there and be Kevin Durant and just start jacking up 20-footers. But, you know, they, they're going to give him – we know defenses are going to give him that shot. Like, they're just going to, like, sag off him and, you know, feel like he's not a threat to take the mid-range shot. So, it's at some point, he's going to have to make teams pay for doing that. Yeah. Does anybody remember, did he ever, do you guys ever remember him shooting a jumper in a game last year? I don't. No, nah, I don't. Everything was like around the hoop. Yeah, yeah. no. And, yeah. and in two scrimmages, inner squad scrimmages, which is pickup, he didn't take one. So, yeah. Hey, I got a, 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 a funny memory that just came in my head because this Ford was kind of like how you describe him, Malik Brown, but, um, um, David Amanda, you remember the guy? He was a Juco guy from Belgium named Christoph. I can't even pronounce his last name. Oh, yeah. Played, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, off Krasinkis or something. No, I think it was Aganad or something like that. Oh, something hard to pronounce. Yeah, but when he first came, Dave, this is a funny thing. When he first came and they had the scrimmages, he knocked down a couple of threes, right? And he wasn't really known as like a a stretch forward or anything like that. It was more like a high motor guy and stuff. But he knocked down a couple of threes in the scrimmages. So like that first year he played. He would, like, the first half of the season, anytime he would get in the game, I guess he was taking the confidence from that, feeling like, oh, I, you know, he, he probably makes them in practice, and he made them in, in the scrimmage, and, and not in the scrimmage, the exhibition game, I believe. And he, he made a couple of, of those shots. So the first half of the season, he would always, like, think he was to stretch forward and stuff, and he would, like, <laughs> shoot threes, and he couldn't hit anything, Dave. Like, he couldn't hit any, anything. <laughs> and then I think it just came to a point where Behan probably just told him, look, if you take another jump shot, I'm taking you out. Just <laughs> rebound, hustle your ass off, and, and do that. And that's the play he became. Like, remember, he was on the Sweet 16 team, and he was, like, our high motor guy and everything like that. But it was funny that even when they would leave him open, he was so scared. Like, he would not, <laughs> you know, would not even think of shooting another jump shot again. And it's kind of funny that in the beginning of him coming to Syracuse, he was hitting jump shots and then, they never translate to the games and he never looked for that shot. So hopefully it's like the opposite with Malik where it's like, you know, he's scared to take them early on, but then as his career goes along, he has the confidence to shoot them and make them. One can only hope, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just their prayers. Yep. All right. So, yeah, so we touched base on the guards and the forwards. So now we go wrap it up with the big men. So um, Amanda, Naheem McLeod, the big giant. What yeah. is your impressions of him? He is giant. He is huge. And he's a little bigger than I thought. He's still skinny, but his shoulders are wide. He's not quite as skinny as some of the skinny big guys we're used to. He still will need to put on some muscle, but he did pretty well. He had a couple plays where he was a little little clumsier. You know, it'll be hard for him to guard small guards, obviously, in man. That could be pick and roll if he's brought out. But um he had a couple nice catches and finishes. It seemed like he was a little more comfortable than last week, which is good enough. He was nervous last week, so he surprised me a little bit with catching, turning, passing. I think he has a lot of potential. I think he'll, you know, in these scrimmages and early games, he'll be great because he's going to be so big. So I hope he he'll I hope he's a solid contributor because he's going to play. Um, he definitely has been working on, you know, catches the ball, keeps the ball high, drop step, trying to finish. So you can tell they're drilling that into him. So um, hopefully he keeps getting comfortable with that. But he's really big, so hopefully hopefully he contributes. Yeah, and um, to, to to add on to that, he, there were a couple plays where he caught an – actually, Amanda, you pointed this out to me when we were watching because um, I, was, I was writing something down, and I caught the end of it. He caught a really nice – it was kind of a tough pass. He was diving to the basket, and I don't know – someone passed him the ball and it was kind of a lower pass, but he actually handled it, brought it up and dunked, which was, which was good for a seven foot four guy to be able to have the hands to do that. Um, and then he actually hit a little floater in the lane, which shocked me because he was, he kind of caught the ball at the, uh, at the dots in the lane and then just turned and just put up a little like eight foot floater and they switched it. So that was good. So, he looked better this week than last week. He and maybe it was nerves, like we talked about last week, and what Amanda just said. But he did look better in that regard, um, and he looked a little more athletic in general, in terms of just 
less court, more coordinated, less clumsy than he did last week. So, so that was good. Um, yeah, like Amanda said, it's it's going to be if he's if the other team's doing a lot of pick and roll with the big guy, he's going to struggle. He's just so big, and and his while his left to right is good. It's, he just, this space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today. He'll never be able to stay in front of a guard, which no, no, nobody that big really can. So, um, but I feel better about him after seeing him play this week than I did last week. So that's good. Yeah, do, do you guys agree that at his size, it'll be a shame if we don't have at least three to four alley oop off screen or roll attempts with this guy if he plays, you know, like. 20 minutes or so in the game. Oh, yeah. that We have to do that all the time, especially with Judah and JJ getting into the lane so easily. Hopefully, we see that a lot because it seems like he'll be able to finish them. Um, his hands were pretty good. So hopefully that translates against better competition. But I agree. It would be a shame if we didn't see that. Yeah. the, the other I, I agree, Dean. We they, they have to take advantage of that. Right, you don't get seven foot four guys very often yeah. that that can catch the ball. Um, so um, the other thing that I noticed was that um, just his presence in the lane, even if we're in man to man, we we don't need to play zone just because we have a seven foot four guy. Because um, all you know, it's kind of like Edie from Purdue, right? When they play man to man, he just kind of lets his guy float, and and as long as he stays in the lane, you know, when when um. When he was in the lane and a guard drove, he just puts his arms up and it completely alters the guy's shot. He doesn't block it, but the guy ends up missing. And that happened like three times with McLeod. He just stood in there and just kind of came over, put his arms up, and it altered this guard's shot. So that that's a really good weapon to have. Um, uh, hopefully, I assume Red and the staff is teaching him to do that. He can kind of play a one-man zone in essence. Yeah, exactly. He could be, you know, that last night, kind of like that, like a safety in football, you know what I'm saying? Where he can like kind of just roll back and, you know, if one of our guards or wings get beat, you know, just wall up, just wall up in the paint. It's 7-4, so he doesn't have to block the shot, but just get in the way and, you know, he can alter that shot. Because, um, you know, I wish there was a stat track for shot, um, altering shots and stuff, because sometimes you don't get, like you go back when we had Fab Mello. And we know he was a great shot blocker, but like, how, how many shots he would just change just by his sheer presence? You know what I'm saying? Like he he would strike fear in like so many um, um opponents that would come into the paint because you know they would think twice of trying to challenge him and getting a shot up and stuff. So, you know, with McLeod, I mean that you know having to do that seven four and Lord knows how big his wingspan is. It must <laughs> must be something close to eight feet or something like that. So yeah, try to. Get 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 shots over him. I mean, even you know when I was putting together the highlight package of him and stuff. Even when the opponents would score over him, it would be like you would see the trajectory of those shots, like how high the the, the opponents would have to like get the ball in the air to just get it over him. And sometimes you you just credit offense. It's like great great defense, better offense, and you you take your chances on teams trying to score over a dude like that more times than not. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Amanda, uh, Munir Hima, what's your, what was your impressions? Yeah. He didn't do a ton. I don't think he's going to play much. Um, if we're not in zone, especially, you know, he's so big that he can alter shots, but he didn't 
and he subbed in and out throughout the scrimmages. He wasn't out there the whole time. So he's still a work in progress in offense, it seems like. Um, kind of similar to how he was last year, especially towards the end of the year when he kind of faded. Um, so I don't think. I think Patterson will play ahead of him. Honestly, I don't know what will happen to games, but he impressed me more than um, than Hema did. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I One of my notes I took was that I said Patterson looks pretty athletic. He took a nice dump-off pass from J.J. and finished nicely with a dunk. So he has, he has good hands. He has good athleticism, um, which he showed more in this scrimmage than he did last weekend. Um, so it's like he showcased a little bit more, it seems like. Um, and, and I think that he's going to play over Hema or based on the, whatever now, 40 minutes of running time that we've seen, he looks better than Hema already. So I think, um, if based on what I saw, I would play him ahead of Hema, uh, cause Hema didn't really show much at all. He just, he's a little bit slower and unless he's in the zone where he can just sit down there and guard the, the foul line down. Um, you know, he's not going to really have much impact, um, but I could be wrong. I've been wrong a lot. So this could be just another time. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, Dave, you got a, a there's a hater in the box. Cause you know, Pat, Pat, Pat's like the biggest HEMA fan, you know? Um, <laughs> so he's, he's, he's like, you know, thumbs down and all that stuff. So we'll, we'll get to Pat when it wraps up, but um, I hope he does well. The yeah. more guys do well, the better. Yeah, yeah, Pat. I hope you're right. I do. And this doesn't mean much, anyways. These scrimmages. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, with Patterson, then. So, Amanda, what's the what's the um? And we, you know, wrap it up with yeah. He's he's last on the list. So, um, yeah. So, what's your impressions on Patterson? Because um, Griff, Coach Griffin said at this stage where Patterson is at in his career, he's further ahead of where Benny was. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I'm that that's definitely a guy I'm keeping my my eyes on moving forward. But um what was your impressions um checking out Patterson? Yeah. You mean Jesse, right? Yeah, yeah, Jesse, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. He I was expecting a big, big project and he may still end up being that way, but um he looked good. His hands were really good. He caught the ball really well, really comfortable. Um, he moved really well. He seemed to have a good understanding of where to be. He fit right in on the offense. Um, he surprised me. So, again, I don't know how much he'll play with McLeod and Brown being able to play center. But I think if he sticks around, um, I can see he, that he was further along than than Jesse or why Griff is saying that. So, he'll good. he's a good guy that hopefully, obviously now, it's harder to get guys to stick around. But hopefully he does. He could. He's tall also, also. He's very big in person, but, um, so hopefully he sticks around for a couple of years. Yeah. He he's coordinated, right. And a guy that's yeah. coordinated as a 19 year old is a big deal. Um, yeah, you know, I remember Jesse's first two years. He, I mean, he's just struggled to catch the ball and Patterson can already catch the ball. So that puts him ahead in that regard. Um, so yeah, I, you know, to me, he would be a quintessential Syracuse player, whatever, 15 years ago when they come in with kind of raw skills. And, um, you know, the one thing JB did well was over time, if the guys stayed in the program and he kind of gave him this open leash, you know, they would reach their full potential. And and I think that was a good aspect of Beheim is that he did empower the players to reach their full potential. 
Um, he either did that or he beat him into smithereens. So it was one or the other. But when he did empower the, the kids to play to their full potential, they tended to reach it. So Patterson seems to me like that kind of guy where if you just, if he stuck around and he got coached up and he just had confidence, um, you know, he could be a really effective player in a few years. Okay, great. So, um, look, I appreciate you guys doing this. Love the, the, the evaluations and, and the recaps that you, you guys have um, brought this off season so far as we get into transition to the exhibition game. So let me ask this to put a wrap on a, a bow on this. So Amanda, what's your, just seeing the team and look, as we say, um, you don't take too much, too high, too low, whatever, scrimmages and such. But just from what you see and um, looking at the upside and how the, you know, the roster is going to be and the rotation and everything like that, what's your expectations? Like what you hope the end goal when the season is over and stuff? Like what's your, what's, what's your um, outlook on, on what you're expecting and how you think things will play out? Yeah, I'm excited just to see a different look than we've had for the last couple of years, a more typical Syracuse team. But, I mean, I think if we can get any consistent con- contribution from the wing position, we should make the tournament without being on the bubble. That would be a minimum, I would hope, with the backcourt and having centers that hopefully develop in, into some solid contributors. So I know the wings are the wild card, but it would be nice to just not be on the bubble for once. That would be my my hope. Um, especially with JJ and Judah, they'll be able to win us a lot of games on their own, I think. Hopefully, so that would be my my prediction. Hope. Hey, so so so, do you think we finally break the top six barrier in the ACC play, or you think that's probably the limit? Finishing six. I think right around there, fifth, sixth. Okay. I think we'll be in that second tier, right below Duke, Carolina, depending on how they are, Miami. Um, I think that should be the goal right solidly up in that four, five, six range. Okay. All right, Dave. Um, yeah, I, I haven't really changed from last week. I think that if we reach our potential, we should make the tournament. Um, the one thing I didn't really I had thought of them. So, you know, when you put, I'm assuming Virginia is going to be good because they were bad last year. So I'm just giving Tony Bennett, Tony Bennett the benefit of the doubt. So if you have Duke, Miami, Carolina, Virginia, Clemson, that locks in four. And now we're in this, okay, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I, I just don't know. Um, so I, I think they're going to be anywhere. Six is probably their ceiling, maybe five at the best. But um, I expect them to make the tournament, you know. I'm sorry, Pat. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see. Hey, uh, Dave, 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 don't don't mind Pat because according to Pat, thought we would have been like a championship team last year. I, so, I do, um, I do remember <laughs> that actually. <laughs> I didn't want to bring that up. How we were gonna, yeah, you know, run so the table. I, I think Pat, Pat, need to chill with the thumbs down and just uh, <laughs> be a little humble coming into. I don't know. Maybe Pat's just happy that Bayham's gone. We know, we know what that be. <laughs> With him and JB, you know, um, extends a long way. They've so, been having dinner every but, um, night for the last two months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, so um, before um, – I Pat and Toast, I'm going to get you guys on, and then we, we, we will close things out. But, um, Dave, since, um, you know, I went off on 
Ken Palm and his stupid computer and stuff. But we were chatting and you gave me some insightful things about what you had um, heard or, 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 or read about, you know, some of the things that might play a part of why he's so low on like Syracuse and stuff like that. So I just wanted you to elaborate on that so that, you know, um, if people aren't too familiar with how this guy and his computer spits out their stupid rankings, you know, maybe you could enlighten them a bit. Yeah. So what I read and read and then listening to another pod that there's two things that Ken Palm uses um, that definitely influence the preseason or the, the before the season begins rankings for teams. One of them is um, they use last year's results from all the players that they have and they bring them into this year's preseason rankings. And they actually last up until January. So it can last a while. The other really big thing that they use, I had no idea and I don't know how they do this, but they actually put a coach's metric in there. So for instance, somebody like Bill Self, he'll get more whatever points or, you know, more, uh, uh, yeah, points towards his ranking because it's Bill Self. If they don't have a lot of information on a coach or if a coach is typically not good, that goes against them. So in our case with Red, they have no information on him. So they're not going to get any, they're not going to get any push from that. Um, and Dean had brought this up to me. Duke was like number nine or 11 in Kempom yeah. preseason. Yeah. yeah. So that makes sense to me because there's not a lot out there on Shire. He had an okay year last year, but nothing great. Um, but he had a really good, talented squad. So there's a lot of people, me included, think, man, Duke has a really good shot, at, which hate, I hate to say, but they have a good shot to – they could win it all, I mean, given their mm-hmm. mix of players. But, you know, Ken Palm does not have him preseason ranked well, and I think it's just a function of the algorithm that he runs. Yeah, I think it even goes back five years as a team I read the other day. So yeah. The yeah. team stats they pull from the last five years. Oh, no, so, wonder, no, wonder his computer, yeah. no wonder his computer has a level fear with Purdue. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. They're great in the regular season. And exactly. They just suck come March 5th. Yeah, and their players don't leave early. So um, um, Painter basically has the same squad coming back every year. So, you know. Yeah. 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 So all those stats translate forward and they look great. Mm-hmm. But, in the but it doesn't guarantee a Final Four. Yep. All right. So. Uh, Toast, Pat. Um, Toast, real quick. I saw. I saw you was trying to come on when we were talking about JJ. I don't know if that was what you wanted to talk about or it was something else. Um, what was up? And then I get to you, Pat. Pat, you can jump in after Toast is done. Uh, hey, Dean Franchise. Great to be back on the Outer World Spaces. Hey, great to hear from you, Toast. What's up? Uh, I wanted to get off of uh, Monroe Madness and talk about the madness of people like Scott Schuster, eleven, and Pat from Syracuse thinking it was a good idea to jettison the legend Jim Beheim who was promptly scooped up by ESPN, the worldwide leader, who knows a good thing when they see it. I mean, Dean, speaking of JJ, we got Peter Carey, Judah, JJ, Chance Westry, and Dino Babers has a shorter injury report. What's going on? You asking me? Toast, that's what you really came up with? Pat, Pat, what's up? Hopefully you could do better than Toast. I mean, come on, Toast. You you could do better than that, man. That's, That's not one of your better ones. I like the... When you had that soliloquy back in, like, April, that was classic. But this one... I don't know, man. But Pat, Pat, what's up? Uh, guys, first of all, appreciate everybody's uh, in, insight. Uh, unfortunately, this is the first year in 
probably 20 years I haven't been able to go to um, any of the uh, Midnight Madness, blah, blah, blah. Um, just been swamped with uh, between work and refereeing, been just completely swamped. Dean, I, I'm catching up a little bit on your Patreon. I listened to uh, half of your last one there. Um, just real quick, um, don't want to beat a dead horse, but if uh, you had to guess on chance, from what I'm hearing around town, um, I don't think it's as bad as people are saying, but I don't know. Like, there's two different camps, so it's kind of tough. But I think we'll get them back. And I think if Chance plays, my first hot take is we are definitely running nine guys, 100%. If Chance plays, um, obviously one of the one of the bigs will be odd man out and then one of the wings uh, or one of the guards, but I can easily get to nine. Um, it could even be nine without, um, you know, without Chance. And I think if Chance is sitting for a while, that's going to make it easier to when he comes back that they, these guys have kind of earned their stripes with that. Um, going back to the little revisionist history, I'm not sure how three people can all get it wrong, but uh, let's let's fact check what I did say last year because I, I, I never said nothing any, anywhere near close to a championship run. I said last year. No, Pat, 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 it was a joke. Relax. R- See, now I got to hit you with the R-E-L-A-X. Relax. It was a joke, Pat. Did- of course we didn't say that. But I know, but but weren't you high on the team? Like you thought the team was going to be well, a, a tournament team, well, right? What, what, so, what I said I mean- is, if, is, if, is it really hinged on Benny. Uh, if uh, Benny was going to end up being the second, third, or fourth best player on the squad, yeah, that that that's a tournament team. But you know, Benny obviously was hot and cold, um, and it and it was what it was. I mean, but let me ask these guys um, who have who have seen these bigs, um, what does Jesse? What did Jesse bring that you don't think these bigs can bring? Because you know, I've been just thinking more and more about Jesse and the opportunity he had. And the skill set that we saw from him, and I, I, I just don't think, um, I, I, I think if Jesse was on a really good team, he, he would have been, he would have just been a, a solid center, not, not putting up double doubles like, like crazy. But I just think, you know, we were missing a lot of shots, and I think he was playing a ton of minutes, and I think, uh, you know, we had the floor spread, which I just think he fit well last year. But I, I don't think Jesse's going to be that hard to replace. What do you guys think about that? So it's funny you say that, Pat. And number one, don't ever apologize for being optimistic about a team. I, I love being over optimistic and being well, wrong. Well, according so to JB, I'm we, a hater and Tony Toast. So you you know whatever. Well, <laughs> yeah, but no, I like like Dean said, we were only just kidding around with respect to last year. So that's I mean, I'll, I'll always take someone that's overzealous and expecting great things. So no worries. Um, but I've been thinking about Jesse, right? And, you know, people in Syracuse are like, oh, my God, we'll never be able to replace him. And I I just – I have never really felt that way because um, I do think he was a function of right. being right. decent on a really couple of bad teams um, and playing. And, and he was going to play as long as he wasn't in foul trouble. Um, and when you're in there that long, I mean, yeah, yeah, he had – Remember, every game he played where we went up against a big and he had to actually have post presence, he got smoked. He couldn't do it. He could not score. He got smoked by McLeod. From the post. He got smoked by McLeod. Exactly. I mean, McLeod beat him up in that floor. I mean, he had his career high against Jesse, so. Yeah. So when I looked at McLeod, I'm like, boy, he, I think, 
if he had as much opportunity right. as Jesse did last year, dive into the rim, um, he'd score just as much as him. And I think, I, I think he still has some lure, uh, rebounding positioning to learn. I think Jesse's got. And I think more once he learns that, so at at this point, if I had to compare all their skills, their hands, their feet, their you know their IQ. I mean, Jesse may be a little more athletic. Uh, I know he had like a soccer background or whatever. Um, but I would say overall, it's it's just endurance because obviously McLeod, um, that was the that was the book on him, you know, transferring in. What's his in? Yeah, you know, play playing more than twenty minutes, but we don't need him to play more than twenty. Now that that leads to my next thing. Am I the only one that wants to see Brown at the five? Because with all these wings, and you know, obviously with the whole chance thing, it's kind of up in the air, but. I mean, when, when you start chopping up positions, I would love to see Benny at the four and Brown at the five because if, if you don't see Brown at the five, um, that's going to pinch uh, Benny and it's going to pinch, which is going to pinch Bell and it's going to pinch uh, Taylor. And I, I just don't know. I don't know. I I think the difference between depth and versatility is who do you have in your depth? Are, are they all one and the same or are they different? You know, and I, I think that the two players that are one and the same right now are Taylor and Bell, and we can see some differences in them. They're both soft. Uh, you know, I think Bell has put on a little bit of chunk, and I think Taylor had the chunk coming in, but he plays soft, and 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 that's and that's not going to change. Uh, it just just from thirty years of watching guys, you either have a motor or or or, or you don't. And Dean, you've been watching kids in you know eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth grade. I mean you could speak to that, that you've seen guys, you don't just get a motor, right? You either have it or you don't. Yeah. It, 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 it does. It doesn't change. Right. It doesn't change how you see a guy in high school. Right. If he's a high motor guy, that, that translates to college and the pros. Period. Like we've seen guys. I mean, Pat, we've seen guys getting crazy money in the NBA where we're like, wait a minute. He wasn't, you know, the most skilled, but because he rebounds the fans, block shots, does all the hustle plays. He's making what? $50 million. So, you you know you either had that from day one or you don't. Right. So Chris Bell, Chris Bell, I mean we joke about it, but the dude was grabbing one two rebounds tops back in high school in the game. That's like a a game high for him. So we can't be surprised when 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 he's at Syracuse and two rebounds is his total in like four games combined. Yeah. Like that that that's inexcusable. So. <laughs> So the two things where I think I'm out on my own island on are one, uh, I'd like to see 15, 20 minutes of Brown at the five. That's the one thing that I think I'm on my own island on. The other thing is I, I'd like to see 10 to 15 minutes of zone every game. So, Pat, I don't think – well, for me, you're not on an island with Brown at the five for a certain period of time. I think it's matchup dependent. Um, if, if we're against, say, Miami, who's not a really big team, I, hell, I'd put Brown for 30 minutes at the five just because the matchup will be better. Um, if we're at North Carolina against Baycott, I, I'm not sure how, you know, Baycott's going to be problems for everybody. But if you put a seven foot four guy against him, you know what? If he can put in 25 minutes against him and just hold his own, that might work. So I, I think Brown should play a bunch of five. I think that he'd be very effective at it, depending on who we're playing. But so I don't think you're let me challenge on an that. island there. Let, let, let me challenge that notion because that's kind of conventional wisdom. You know, when you're playing bigger guys, you got to match them, right? But look at mm -hmm. look at teams that won titles and what they did. Did they react to matchups and counter it, or did they set the tone? Look at Villanova. All right, 
Yep. When, when Villanova went up against Biggs, did they change their lineup? Not really. No, they didn't. And 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 that's that's where you're going to set the tone because they got to guard you too. So Baycott would have to guard Brown, who's got you know lateral quickness on him. Um, he, you know, so that's kind of the that's kind of the chess match that I want to see how Autry's going to do. Um, and I'm going to try really hard to be just be super patient with him. Um, but those are some of my concerns. But I think what's going to be good about yeah. this coaching staff is all of them, I think, are going to work together, and they're each going to have their little piece, right, and channel it through Red, and then Red – where, where it hasn't been that way in a million years up there. I, I mean, a million years. Um, and I, I just think that's going to be so refreshing is it's not just one mind, one way, you know, guy who eats two eggs and toast for breakfast for 40 years – um, which is what he does, by the way, every day. So, I mean, that's refreshing for, for, for me. But, um, Dean, I also got to challenge you. Um, this is, let's, I'm, I'm going to write this down. Well, Pat, 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 hold on. Pat, could I, could I address one thing you said? Oh, yeah. So I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting, it's a really good thought you have with respect to, do you go with your strength and try to challenge their strength? Um, and if it's different, do you win? So I think in my head, in Malik's case, if he was more polished offensively, and again, going back to what I said before, if he could make offensive moves on his own and really challenge Baycott to maybe get him in foul trouble or to beat him, I'd feel more confident with that. I just worry that he's not quite there yeah, yet. That's a fair point, right? for sure. Uh, so that, that's why I'm hesitating with him a little bit, being at the five and putting him up against other maybe more polished players. And and we're using Baycott, which is a bad example because he's he's just really good. Well, there's a few of them. Um, you know, I mean, I I think this year for the first time in a while you got multiple bigs. I think the one big, right, the one big from Clemson, he's he's gone. I feel like they had two bigs, but I think one of them's gone. That's why I'm not sure why we were penciling Clemson in as a lock above Syracuse. I don't know if it's Joe Girard. I mean, I think he puts them over the edge, right? I mean, come on, I think we can challenge Clemson. I really do. Yeah, I think that I, I was listening to the CBS Sports Pod and they went through the roster and they have a lot of returning people. That was part of it. And then what they said was that Ger- Gerard would be somebody off the bench. This is their opinion, right? Gerard would come in as someone off the bench that would could maybe put in, you know, 12 points or something like that, which is pretty good, but not somebody that would put him over the edge. I think they were going based on what they have returning. They still do have a big guy returning, which they said was good. I don't remember his name. Um, but but that's my issue with Malik with respect to do we put him up against the other really good bigs? I feel like if he develops a more individual offensive game, that then we could do that. But until then, I just I worry about that's it. fair. But he he should play a lot of five. I do think he should. But I, so go ahead with yeah. Dean. I just wanted to see Dean if uh you know if you were to say right now who who are the eight. Who are you leaving out? Um, what ACC? Yeah, like basically when the roster's at its like let's say, let's say you're counting chance. Let's say oh oh you talking about roster? Oh, okay, I thought you were talking about ACC stand. Oh, you just talking about the rotation? Yeah, okay. Like all right, because right, I'm, I'm seeing nine. Okay, so let me see. So right now, so we Let's start with the guards, you, right? You counting you 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 counting chance? So we yeah, leaving them no, out? No, we're counting chance. Okay, 
All right, so if Chance is around, so uh, let me see. Uh, JJ, Judah, Chance, that's three, that's three at the guard spot. Copeland, four. Mm-hmm. Benny, five. Bell, six. Brown, seven. McLeod, eight. Taylor, like me and Dave, what we've been talking about, the, the, the Bell-Taylor situation, That's that, that could be a game-by-game situation or if it gets to a point where Red is like, you know what? This guy's more consistent, so he's gonna get the 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 bulk of the playing time. Then, um, you know that's where it's gonna go. So, what's that? Um, let me see: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. So it's probably a nine-man rotation. Yeah. But when yeah, yeah, nine, nine, nine-man with the one of those guys, like I said, Taylor Bell. You know, their playing time might not be that much, depending on the game. And then as we um. We were just talking about uh, with McLeod and Brown. You know, you're playing against North Carolina, and you need a big man to wall up against uh, Baycott. Then I see McLeod having a longer leash. But if we're playing, as Dave mentioned, Miami, and their big man is like six seven, you know, it's hard to expect McLeod to chase guards around and their six seven big man and stuff like that. So that's where Malik Brown comes in hand. I think Hema. Um... I think everything that people said about Hema is fair, a hundred percent. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even saying he's a starting ACC center on the worst team in the ACC because I'm not because he's he's not. But what I am saying about Hema is he's top ten in the country in per minute blocks per minute, and he also, I, I just think, I really think Hema. He played last year. We lost Jesse. It, it's interesting what they're saying about Patterson uh, over Hema. I, I I don't see that. I, I I haven't seen Patterson, so jury's still out on 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 him for me. So maybe that would be. A, I, I think if uh, Hema's finding the bench and not on the rotation, and either Bell or Taylor's finding the bench and not in the rotation, uh, this is a lock for a tournament team. I mean, there's just no way to spin it. I mean, if those two dudes can't find the floor you got to be winning some games. And I just think with McLeod, right, he's going to be getting 20 minutes probably with his stamina and, and, and with the rotation. To me, that that almost predicates that ninth guy, uh, you know, just automatic. And, and I mean, we're talking about our number, probably the top three in recruiting numbers is Kyle Cuff. I think you had J.J. might have been a little higher and Judah, right, and, and Benny. So those, those, So he's top four in terms of his – ranking coming out of high school, right? He was a top 60 guy, right? Right, right Dean? Who? Cuff. Yeah, Cuff was, um, because the thing is, he reclassified, right. so his ranking was never, you That's know, right, he classified right. a year early, so I think he was around that, like, Six, top 70, yeah. yeah, 60, yeah. 70 range. I know his high school coach said he would have been higher if he stayed in his original group, but... You know, um, but remember, you know, JJ, JJ was a McDonald's All-American. Right. So, like, you know, he's the highest out of all of them. I just Judah think was, yeah. I, I just think, Judah was top 50. I just think with, with, with Judah and JJ, you put them on any team in the Power Five, and it's a tournament team. I mean, it's a guard-dominant um, basketball. I mean, you know, the floor spread. You get two guards like that. And by the way, I mean, uh, I listened to a – podcast with uh bruce pearl back when chance was around in uh in before the season that he got hurt that he was saying chance was his number one guy like literally the number one guy on that team uh, a couple years back so that's that's big 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 
Um, that's a big blow if we lose him. But I, I hope he'll be back, and I, I think he will. I just think this team's got a lot of weapons. I'll be interested to see how it all pieces together. But if this isn't a tournament team, then I, I, I'm, I'm not sure what we're doing up there on the hill because I think we got yeah, all the guys. Yeah, yeah Paris, no, no, no excuse. Unless the injuries start to pile up, that's the only excuse. Like, even, even with Chance being out, if Copeland steps up and some of the other guys play up to their capabilities and stuff to um, – you know, join as what we, we hope with JJ and Judah carrying the load. Like, of course, this should be a tournament team. If not, and 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 Red has a disappointing debut season as that coach, then like we we you know the, the fan base has a right to be upset. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's no excuse. And I think we'll take our so lumps let me early. This... I think we'll take our lumps early. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a tough schedule as you've talked about since the summer. But yeah, go ahead, Dean. Hey. hey. Pat, so, one thing. Pat, one thing I was going to say was that, uh, to your point about Chance and um, what Bruce Pearl said last week when when I saw him play, I looked at him. I'm like, wow, this this kid is really good. He um, he could, uh, if JJ and Judah weren't there, he'd be our best player. Right. He was that good with the ball on the ball, you know, as a point guard. He he made some phenomenal passes, and they were in control. He understood the flow of the game. He he made the right passes. Um, where Kadir he he makes great passes, but sometimes does too much. Right? Chance knew the point guard position, and 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 he could shoot. He just he just looked the part, I, and he and he really played the part. I, so I did want to say about Copeland. I hadn't mentioned this. Um, I I had a chance to referee him. He was in that league for a couple weeks. Over, over the summer, the elite league, he ended up bou- bouncing out, but um, he's quick. At, I mean, Quadir, for how big he is, six seven. I mean, he's law. I mean, qu- he is a talent. I mean, that dude on the on the floor. When I was on the floor with him, he is so fast and so like I I don't know if fast is the right word. I, I would honestly say quick. He is he's shifty. How about that? He's super shifty. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, yeah. It was yeah. That's what last week I said. I you know, if Benny doesn't step up, I could see, I could see Copeland taking minutes from Benny, and it's justified, based on what the little bit I've seen. Again, I'm not in practice, so I'm nobody. But based a little bit I saw, Copeland, man, he he could he could take minutes from Benny, and it would be justified if Benny doesn't step I up. I think Copeland would be taking minutes from Bell or Taylor, and and Benny's minutes would get taken by. Um, by Brown and a center playing well, because Benny's going to, yeah. yeah, that's that's yeah. the way I look at it with that. But no, you guys have been great. I mean, right. I, I really enjoyed listening to um, Amanda and Dave and, and 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 that take. And man, that's just awesome stuff, Dean. I appreciate you having. I, I I I I Pat Pat before you go. So as I asked um Dave and Amanda when they ended when they finished off. You are uh, breaking the top six in, in ACC, yep. or that's the limit. I, I'm seeing. Okay. I'm I'm seeing uh, four to five, four to six range. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I definitely see. You know, I I see the top end talent with Duke and Carolina for sure. Virginia, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I I would say Miami. I I would actually put Miami one. Uh. Duke two, Carolina three, and then it's really that next tier. I I have that 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 three tier there. I don't mix Virginia in with that top three, and I think it's going to be a this is a strong league this year. 
super strong. So we are going to take our lumps. But I think um, I think as the season goes on, I mean, guys, what I've learned from Syracuse basketball for a million years is when you suck for a year like we did last year, but all those guys got minutes. And now we're going to bear the fruit of that, of struggling through Bell and one-rebound games and struggling through Taylor looking like he can't dribble and struggling through all these guys that got minutes, even Benny for two years, you know, where you don't know what Benny you're going to get. I think those are going to go away. I think those problems are going to go away. And that experience is, hey, Pat, is massive. Pat, you, you don't think we will have to suffer watching a, a point guard struggle to get the ball past half court? <laughs> Uh, I don't, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> those, those days are over, huh? <laughs> and, and, and having a 187 pound center, those days are over too. I mean, what would we rock Do, uh, Dolajai for three years at the five? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he, he did his thing. I yeah. mean, he did his thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My favorites. Um, Dave, uh, Dave, uh, uh, my guy, Ian, he said the dude that you was talking about, the big man from Clemson, his name is PJ Hall. Yeah. So that's who, yes. who um yeah that's yeah, yeah yeah that's who's coming back yeah he yeah he's really good yeah he is I feel like they lost so that that the that's three. the game I can't remember I have to look I think they lost I can't remember the guy's name probably somebody that yeah they have players. yeah they have they had that guy that killed us I, I think um last season he's with Denver I believe like he's I think he's doing I think he's supposed to be in the rotation out there. yeah that, I forgot I, mean, I know I know yeah, you're talking yeah, yeah. about um, Pat yeah 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 shooter. Yeah, so that's where like that's a game where like Ian, that's a game where I would think that you know McLeod may be needed um, if they have that experienced you know player that in Holland that can really both score and play really good defense. We just may need a big guy that just can clog the lane. I think we got three of just intimidate him. Yeah, that's been great. Yep. Um, he, 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 uh, he's out with injury, but you guys think, um, Peter Carew getting minutes or n- not really? No, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, he was on the bench again. He didn't even shoot in warmups. Did he, Amanda? I don't remember seeing him. No, I think he was out there rebounding a little bit, maybe taking a layup or two, but not much. Yeah. Nothing. We got a lot of good. We got a lot of good four, you know, potential four four year players like Cuff, Copeland, Bell, um, you know, Brown, uh, and then we got the we got the high end. I mean, look, the Chance Westry camp. From what I've Dean, I think you would agree, and please tell me if you hear different. But they were thinking that if he got the opportunity and Syracuse made a run, this would be his one year at Syracuse, and then he was going to hit, hit hit the draft. I mean that's how good this dude yeah, is. The, <laughs> this dude's good. Yeah, the plan. Yeah, the plan. The plan definitely wasn't to stay long, right. but obviously they have no choice right. at the moment. <laughs> it, it, this could all be a blessing in disguise. I mean, God, I was. I don't know about you, Dean. I'm sure you were getting hit hit up, but um, man, when when this little procedure was announced, people were acting like ACL and patella tendon. I'm hearing all this stuff. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. They didn't even say the word surgery. They said a procedure. So to me, that means six mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah, well, we'll I mean, we'll we'll see. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. So, so Dean, yeah. Dean, to answer your question, I, you know, the Peter Carey thing, I, I just don't expect to see him. Um, it's very strange to only uh, there's been a he's been at Syracuse for two years now, or this is the second year coming up, but we've only seen him play in like a couple of exhibitions and a couple games. So, 
you know, I just and 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 what's concerning what's concerning too, Davis. He didn't play his senior year in high school. He missed that whole year. He had a he had um knee surgery, I believe. So yeah, and this is um was it two two years? So he he hasn't played or barely played the last two seasons, and now he's missing you know a lot of time and you know fall practice and as the season starts to come along. So I don't know, you know, there's gonna be some guys that uh after the season that I'm sure Red is gonna have to give a, a conversation to, you know, one of those conversations, as we call it, you know, the talk. So Peter Carey would probably be, you know, right up there in the list. I would think that's going to get a conversation. You know, you probably might see some um, Patriot League schools or, or whatever get in the mix for Peter Carey's next uh, destination. Cause, yeah. yeah. And, and I don't think, I, you know, again, in a little bit that he, I would watch him in like in warmups last year when he was actually doing things. He's very athletic, but I didn't see his, you know, his post-up moves when he was in warm-ups, just doing the little turnaround jumpers or taking the 15-footer. He didn't, he didn't look great from that. So he's got a long, long way to go. And if he's hurt, he's never going to get the time in to develop. So I, I just don't think he's probably long for Syracuse, to your point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um... Hey Scott, you 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 want to have a rebuttal to toast? You know, um, hit 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 the request, and I get you on. If not, then um, <laughs> we put a we put a wrap to 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 this space. But Dave, Amanda, I appreciate um you guys joining in. Um, I'm sure Rescue Nation that get a chance to listen to this, they're gonna appreciate um you guys hopping on with your evaluations and going over all the players um with, with your takes on what you've seen. From you know Dave, the last two scrimmages, and Amanda with uh, Monroe Madness. So I, I appreciate you guys uh, hopping on. No, thank you for doing this. As always, it's been great. It's always great to hear from everyone. Excited for the season. Yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks everybody. Okay, so um, well, Scott, Scott's about to hop on, so I'm gonna let him finish this off. So you know, Dave, you and Matt, y'all, y'all want to bounce? That's fine. But let me ask y'all this: y'all, y'all going to the game on Friday? I'll be there. I'll be there. He'd be there. Okay, yeah. So I'm gonna do a, a a post game space after that. So if you know you guys want to come around and listen or join in or whatever, once again, then you know that'll be the next um date. So just wanted to give you guys a heads up on that. So nice. appreciate the 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 you guys hopping on and 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 you know we'll 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 continue to talk. And, and Pat, you know, thanks for hopping on as well. Always good hearing from you. Yeah, man. I'm sorry, sorry, been so busy, man. But uh, appreciate appreciate this platform that that you do, and really looking forward to it. Okay, cool. All right, Scott. So you on? I know you want to give uh, toast to business to end this night. So the floor is yours, my friend. Scott, unmute yourself. Is that better? Okay, yeah, you good. Yeah, I thought your co-host did a good job tonight. I thought it was a good summary of Monroe Madness for those of us who couldn't see it, you know? Um you know, I kind of laugh. It kind of reminds me of last year when, uh, you know, Pat put uh, quit here in the Hall of Fame, you know, and then, uh, you know, he's and he's I, I like that. I, 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 res- I respect the fact that he's doubling down this year and I hope he's right this year. Now, as far as toast goes after the beatdown I gave him last year, you would have thought he'd, you, he wouldn't come back for more. I'm surprised toast is here tonight and he's not at the Binghamton, you know, bookstore buying a jersey because <laughs> you know because his idol oh is lord and jesus savior uh weitzman got them uh nike nike uh jump man jerseys 
that were you did you see that with Samir Torrance modeling it like he he was embarrassed, you know, it was like and then you got Weitzman pretending he's friends with Michael Jordan saying, Oh, you know, this is a dream come true, man. Oh my lord, that's pathetic. I mean, I hope you know he Toast can get the jersey framed and signed to put it next to the one in court side with Weitzman. And uh, you know, I mean, please, what a joke, you know, but. I don't know. I, I I don't have much to add tonight other than, you know, it just. Hey, the, hey, 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 Scott, not to cut you yeah. off, but, you know, Toast said that, you know, you guys ran off JB. So, like, what you think of that? Crazy talk. I mean, listen, was it time for him to go? Yeah, I think I think he would tell you that right now. I mean, but listen, it, no real fan of Syracuse doesn't appreciate what this guy has done for the program. And, you know, how great he was. He just, you know, he loved his kids and he stayed on a little bit too long, you know, and. uh I, I'm pretty confident that you're going to see, you know, look, the zone is just a defense that has come and gone. I mean, unless you're playing a team that can't shoot at all, you're doing a favor by playing the zone. You know, you, there's this, the days of having like one whitey who could shoot from the outside and then a bunch of athletes are over. You know, everyone can shoot, whether it's Europeans or, or you know, coming in or, or American players. It's just not going to, you know, that's why, you know, this, we were spotting Colgate such a, advantage by playing the zone you know hopefully we're working our asses off in practice and i'll tell you having those two guards up front there's a lot of guys who are athletic on this team we should be able to play a good man you know yep so scott the question i i ask everybody your season um conference expectations we break in top six or six is the 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 limit i mean i don't want to cop out and say obviously i don't know i mean there's so much to be said i think boils down to are we going to have you know one of bell well you know you get nervous because when people start talking about you know when when uh your co-host i forget his name dave was saying uh benny was getting all the rebounds i'm like oh man that's that kind of made me concerned and then he said uh you know benny was kind of disappearing i just worried about this team's ability to rebound and i worried uh you know i still want to see who's going to score from the outside you know but i do think if you're Bell, you're, you're never going to have a greater chance to get open looks than, than this year. And Scott, you know, Scott, let me ask you. Yeah, let me just let me just finish your thought. And then, as far as Justin Taylor goes, I think it's weird that everyone thinks of him as like an outside shooter. I agree with whoever said it before that he kind of stands around and gets in the corner and gets lost and doesn't move without the ball. I hope he changes that this year. But you, you, when you remember Dean, when you used to look at his high school tape. This guy was not just a three-point shooter. He would go to the basket. He didn't dunk once last year. I mean, he would go to the basket. He'd pick up, get fouls. He'd, he'd fake guys out with speed and athleticism. I want to see him play with some confidence this year and demand the ball. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on, Scott, because I remember high school, you know how I he commits and people kind of stereotype him and just, oh, yeah, he's a shooter, shooter. And I'm like, I'm watching the film, and I'm like, he's more than a shooter. Right. Like, yeah, he can stretch the floor, but he can handle. He could get into the paint, you know what I mean? So, I don't know what's going on that certain where he's just like I think standing in the corner and I remember thinking know, he was like a poor man's Bobby Sura type, you know what I mean? Like a guy who could mm-hmm. shoot but also could go to the basket and you know, uh, you know, finish, you know, play some defense. I don't I don't know who talked about him being he's not gonna rebound. I mean he's not as bad as Bell, but he's not a rebounder. I mean if we're I don't see him playing anything but the three or the two. You can't put him at the four. No. So, so, Scott, I think, you know, he is not, in both scrimmages, he has not shown what you're wanting at all. That's, that's just, just the concerning part, is that it just, 
He's not doing that. He's not – when he gets the ball, he does not look to drive. He doesn't look to attack. Um, and that that's, to me, a problem. And I, I don't think he could be a four for sure. But, I mean, he could at least go in and bang the boards a little bit because he is a big guy. He's wider than most, most of the other guys out there. Um, and while he's not tall and he's not going to leap over everybody, he can at least – you know, you, you box somebody out and you push someone around, you can get rebounds. Yeah, he's he, he's not that type of player. I mean, yeah. you got you know, you talk about heart, you know, and I think he does have heart, but there's also guys who are just dogs and who are rebounders, who are scrappers, and he 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 won't be afraid. He, he won't be afraid to hit the floor and get the ball, but he's not a rebounder. I think he was he's out just, of position, guys. I, I I I think we're all missing the the boat on on uh, Taylor. I think Taylor, what you saw in high school was the speed of the game he could handle. And once college, he, he could not adjust to the speed of the game. And part of that was, um, I think if he played more of the two, obviously a two man is going to be uh, quicker than a three, but he'd have that comfort with that size advantage. And I, I just think that's where his, that's where he needed to butter his bread is like Dean was saying is be able to, if the shot's not there, take a smaller guy off the dribble, but he was facing a lot of threes who were, as big or longer than him and athletic. And he just, he just couldn't do a lot. Well, didn't I, I, I agree. That's, I think that's a fantastic take. I agree yeah. with that hundred percent. And I think like, but again, though, you get two guys who are like in Starling and Judah are going to try to get in the lane guys, like guys like bell and Taylor. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, even Benny to a certain extent should be open for shots. You know, the, 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 if you can't get open with those two guys with the ball, that's going to be a problem because guys are going to collapse on them when they get into the lane. If those guys look to dish, and I, I'm really, I think the biggest thing about this team this year is Judah probably got feedback when he went through the whole draft thing that look, you can't just be a score first guy. You've got to learn to dish and, and get and got that feedback. I think that's going to make this team a lot better. Yeah, <clears throat> good stuff, Scott. Um, so, so I'm going to give you like ten seconds if you want to rebuttal what um. My guy, Mr. Schuster, just said, "If not, <laughs> oh my God. if not, we'll, 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 you're toast. Yeah, well, well, I, well, I just want to be fair, right? You know, I want, I want Toast to, you know, have his final say if he got anything to say. But wait, Toast is distracted. Know. I think Weitzman just posted a picture of him with like some guy who was in a commercial. Oh. <laughs> and we know sometimes Toast's uh, connection isn't all that great. You know, he's still." Uh, Sometimes has the AOL, you know, the 56K connection and stuff like that. So sometimes so Toast is probably frozen right now. He probably don't even know what's going on. But anyway, hey. Thank, he's looking uh, at his he's looking at his Weitzman screensaver if it's frozen. Oh, <laughs> oh man. But uh hey Scott, thanks for hopping on and closing things out. Amanda, Dave, appreciate, you know, Miller fam. Love you guys. Thanks for um, you know, doing this tonight, Pat. Hey, thanks for, you know, your takes as well. Vince, uh, you know, appreciate you hopping on for a quick second. So, um, you know, uh, everybody else that listened and tuned in, I'm going to get this up on Apple and Spotify and all that stuff real soon. So uh, be back at it after the exhibition game on Friday. So stay tuned for that. So uh, Q's Nation, till next time, signing off. I'm out.